For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Another Britflix.com Frightfest preview podcast. Please, guest, introduce yourself and the title of your movie. Hi, I'm Jaron Henry McRae, and my film is Curtain. And what was your role in that movie? Uh, I was the director, co-writer, and DP, and financial uh, main guy. <laughs> I funded it. <laughs> fair play, fair play. Give us a uh, brief synopsis then of uh, of what what Curtain's about. Yeah, well, the uh, the movie's about a burnt-out nurse who moves into a uh, new apartment in Queens, New York, and uh, while she's there, she discovers that her shower curtains are being sucked into a mysterious portal in her bathroom, and so she ventures to find where the other end of that portal is leading to, which leads to a horrific discovery. Fantastic. I can't wait to get into the whys and wherefores of where the hell that script come from. But first, uh-huh. but first, um, if, if 50-50 is equal parts scares to equal parts gross out gore, what's, what's, the, what's the ratio in this movie? Uh, I, would, I would say we do more scares. I, I would say it's more 70 scares, 30 gore. But, but to be more honest, uh, you know, most of the movie is more of a mystery uh, than anything. It's just sort of a creepy mystery, so... Uh, I, I would think that would take up another 25% if we could throw that in there. So on a 125% scale. <laughs> well, it'd be good if your film could give us 125%. Yes, that's how. So uh, when and where can people see Curtain? Uh, well, we are having our world premiere at Fright Fest on August 31st at 6.25 on the Phoenix Artist screen. Fantastic. And are you, are you in town for the movie? Oh, yes, I'll be there, as well as the co-writer, producer, and the main actress will be there, as well as one of the supporting actors who plays one of the bad guys. Right, that's right. Well, as well as our composer, who is, who is a Mac as well. Fantastic, fantastic. So full, the fulfilled family will be there. Oh, yes, yes. Many, many people for, for the Curtain supporters will be there. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be plenty of fans in the seats ready to watch it, too. Um, now, the obvious question to ask is... Where the hell did this story conceive itself in everybody's mind? Uh, so I guess the, the, yeah, the genesis of the idea was uh, a number of years ago, and I was uh, typically where I think of my ideas for movies is in the shower. 
Yeah. Uh, I just sort of sit there trying to think of something, and at that time, I really had nothing popping in my head, so I was just aimlessly staring at the shower curtain, and then had the thought of, what if that shower curtain suddenly disappeared? And uh, that sort of began this whole endeavor. It's interesting you went down that road, given the sort of iconic status of the shower curtain in horror films as the kind yeah. of reveal. Ah! Oh! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wanted to get rid of it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, in terms of um, in terms of scripting, that you you co-wrote it, um, and um, what would you say were the the sort of hardest challenge for the pair of you to resolve in terms of storytelling? Uh, well, I mean, uh, one of the biggest issues we had, uh, you know, originally. It, the, the main character was going to be a man instead of a, a woman. Okay. And then we just had the, the supporting character uh, was a girl who just, for some reason, liked him and was sort of this manic pixie dream girl thing, and we really didn't want to go down that, that sort of cliche route. So we ended up switching them, um, and it actually worked out much better and made the dynamic of the two uh, much stronger and, and made for a much more interesting story, in our opinion. How, how how did the how does the co-writing work between you? Uh, well, I, I had written a draft and thought that it was a really good script, and then I entered it into a uh, script writing competition where it was immediately rejected. Uh, so I felt really disheartened and put it on the shelf and started working on another script uh, that was incredibly bad. And then my co-writer, who is also my wife, uh, who is from Manchester. Uh, said that I should, you know, revisit that script because uh, it actually had good stuff in it. And I said, well, only if you'll help me because she herself is a brilliant screenwriter. And uh, so we worked together, and really it was just me sitting in a chair and her doing most of the writing. And your wife is shouting in the background just a minute ago. All right, so this is my wife, Karis Edwards, also the co-writer and producer of the film. Hi. Hello, Karis. You Okay. I was asking uh, Jaron there about the uh, the co-writing process, and in it he tells me that it was a script he put on the shelf, mm-hmm. and then it was something you sort of got him to got to revisit with him, and obviously ended up co-writing. So, what was the process there for you? Well, I always loved the script he had. I thought it had some. I mean, I like the idea of shower curtains going missing and stuff. Yeah. Um, and we were he the, the the movie he was working on was good, but we'd just never be able to produce it for the money. So I was like, let's just and see if we can, you know, just do a few passes on it, which we did. And then obviously we changed the gender roles, which really kind of opened it up. And we came up with a whole new bad guy, which was really important. Um, but mostly it was me working away and then Darren out. <laughs> it actually worked out really well. I thought that we were gonna <laughs> we were gonna implode, but we didn't. We got on really well, so it worked out. What was what would you what from your point of view? What would, I asked Jaron the same question, but from your point of view, what did you think were the hardest was the hardest challenge to resolve in the storytelling? Um, I think uh, two things really. Um, the bad guys we had a the one we had in the initial script just wasn't it was kind of too kooky and not having too much um, kind of dread to it. If you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so we came up with a whole new kind of evil force that was human which was, I uh, think, added a lot to the, to the script. And then um, just really, really, really refining the logic, the supernatural logic to it was really what we really just kept on plowing down because we hate movies that have logic, you know. 
Um, or, I mean, not hate, but it, they can fall apart, you know, and we, just, we didn't want it to fall apart because of just logic, you know. So we wanted everything to be motivated. So you were creating your own rules, so you were clear about how yes. it was meant to work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, that's the thing with anything supernatural. It's like it's just pure imagination. You're making up the craziest stuff, which is the, the most fun part. But also, there's got to be rules, and you've got to follow them. Otherwise, it's just a free-for-all, you know? Well, look, thank you very much for giving us that little... Uh... That little bit on, a little bit more on the writing. Okay, thank you. Shall I put you back onto Jaren? Please, if you would. Hello. Hello. Hey, Stuart. Let's get back to uh, to the to the to the film then. So, when you when you uh, when you're in pre-production stage, what mm -hmm. were what were the aspects of the shoot that that and and given that you also were funding this as well, then obviously you were you were conscious of all of this, the creative and the financial constraints. Um, what seemed what seemed the most insurmountable, and what breaks did you get? To, 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 to achieve what you wanted? Uh, well, one thing that we didn't skip on was the, uh, was the, our makeup and effects. Um, but I actually can't reveal too much about that, but just know that a third of our budget went into having good makeup and effects. Like, again, I can't say anything. So that's, that's incentive right there to go watch it. But, that's, um, that's, a, that's enough of a tease. You're all right. That's good. Okay, cool. Uh, but uh, other than that, you know, a lot of it was, you know, we never, we really had no money to work with on, on a daily basis pretty much. And that's, uh, you know, the movie went, we would shoot for as long as we could. And then we ran, when we would run out of money, we'd have to stop shooting. I'd have to go back to work shooting dentist videos. And then until I saved enough money, we could start shooting again. Um, so it was just sort of an ongoing process of, of filmmaking, making money, and on and on it went till 44 days later, we, we finally had the movie in the can. <laughs> I thought you were going to say four years later. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, 44, it was actually 44 shooting days, but those are spread out over a year. Oh, okay, uh, because okay. Yeah, yeah, because after we shot for actually like 21 days, then we ran out of money. Then we did a Kickstarter campaign, raised some more money, started shooting again, ran out of all that money. Then we moved to California and then had to shoot even more. So we were cheating. We were shooting stuff in our apartment here in California to fit into the movie. And uh, so finally we finished after 44 shooting days that spanned over a year and a half or so. So, so the film is, has got like elements of, of, of biographical elements all over it. Well, uh, yeah, that's... It's not meant to be that way. It's supposed to all take place in New Jersey and New York, but we had to do, I mean, parts of it were shot in my parents' garage in Indianapolis. Uh, so yeah, it was just whenever we had money, time, uh, we would, we would shoot in wherever we could. Without giving, without giving too much away, um, what, what, what aspect of the film, uh, whether that be a sequence or a, or a moment, are you most excited to see with the Frightfest audience and their reaction? Uh, I mean, I think the uh, beginning of the second act, so around minute 25, um, it gets it gets kind of fun at that point. Not that the first 25 minutes are boring by any means, but uh, they encounter a character named Willie, uh, and he's a lot of fun. But really what I want to see is how people react to the very final uh, uh well, not the exact total final scene of the film, but the, the sort of climax end of the movie uh, where we have a big reveal. Fantastic, fantastic. And this is where 
what I was talking to you to your wife about there about where all your logic comes together. Yes, exactly. Yes, very much so. Your supernatural world and all what you invented. Yes. Uh, I have to compliment you on your, uh, I mean, this is going to sound like a real, like, uh, I don't know if this is important or not, but um, I love the, 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 the design of the title, the, the, the font you've chosen in that design. It looks, it looks kind of from another time, doesn't it? Oh, well, thank you. It looks really like, a, like an old horror, it looks like a kind of 80s to late 70s kind of horror film. Yeah, where, where did that design come from? Uh, well, there's a website called DaFont, D-A-Font.com, and you can get free fonts, uh, download uh, off of that site, and I believe that font is called Massacre, and uh, all we did was kind of stretch a little bit so that it looked more like it was, you know, Star Wars coming at you kind of text. Fantastic, fantastic. I feel like you just show me... Show me the wizard in the Wizard of Oz, then, by that kind of. <laughs> from, my pre- <laughs> from my appreciation, to get off a free website. Brilliant. <laughs> now, uh, can we remind people then when can they see your world premiere? Oh, uh, yeah, you can check it out August 31st at 625 at the Phoenix Artist Screen uh, at View Cinemas in, in Leicester Square. And uh, we, there are plenty of tickets still on sale, so we'd, we'd love to have any and everybody come check out the film. It'll be a lot of fun. and. And it's, seven, it's 73 minutes long, so if you hate it, it won't take up too much of your life. Don't be so modest. Don't be so modest. But you're, go, you're going to be there, aren't you, for a Q&A? Oh, yes, a we will certainly, yes, we will certainly be there. There will be a lot of curtain people, a lot of curtain cast and crew members and supporters there. So we look forward to seeing any and everybody there. Okay, okay. Now, uh, we always like to get recommendations uh, of, of people's favorite horror films that are British, whether it be in Britflix. So, uh you having a British wife? You've got uh, you've got some insight there. So, do you want to recommend us a uh, a British horror movie that we should be looking for? Uh, yes, and uh, this is all thanks to my wife uh, who's indoctrinating me into British horror. But uh, one that we watched that I really enjoyed was Vault of Horror, uh, especially the story that involved the the rope, the dancing rope, or whatever. Uh, it has a very creepy and scary ending that uh, sort of gives you nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it was a th- those those horror anthologies of the seventies were, uh, were were sort of almost like halcyon days now. Um, and uh, as I was saying before we started, I'd recommend uh, From Beyond the Grave as well. The Peter Cushing. Yes, that is on my to watch list now. Good man. Now, is is there an official release date for this movie, or is this is this the start of uh, of a festival tour or anything like that? Yeah, this is this is the world premiere. This is the first time it will be seen by a audience in a movie theater and. We're hoping to have uh, other festival premieres, hopefully in the U.S. at some point, uh, in Canada. Uh, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But really, we're, we're just focused on having a really good time at Fright Fest. Fantastic. I'm fantastic. We'll look, we look forward to seeing you, your missus, and the rest of the crew. Thank you. And uh, thank you very much for taking time out to do the, uh, the preview podcast on Britflix. It was a pleasure. Indeed, indeed. Take care. If you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.